We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex. And guys, as you know, we've talked about this in the past. One of the main rules of life. No dick, no hope. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. Bluechew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You could take them anytime, day or night, so you could plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluechew tablets are made in the U.S. and prepared, shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. Bluechew wants to help you have better sex. Also, congrats on the sex if you are having it. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Bluetooth free. When you use our promo code VM at checkout, just pay $5 in shipping. That's bluetooth.com promo code VM to receive your first month free. Visit bluetooth.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Bluetooth for sponsoring this podcast. And to all of you that are taking Bluetooth, congrats on the sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this the black sheep sticking it to him. I need a crib like I'm Gatsby. I need it in hand. Just understand my pocket's that deep. With nothing to prove, I ain't got nothing to do. And it can't compete, and I got nothing to lose. Ah, yes, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. In a new, a new look. A new look. I kind of like it. It's a little cozy in here. You know, thankfully to you, I got sandals on, bro. I usually can't dress this comfy. Sweatpants, sandals. A lot of people who have started subscribing to me lately probably already know where this is. But you're at my house. Yeah. In in a way. It's a road game. This is. (laughs) Though I do feel at home when I come here. You guys always. Shout out to Sticky Paws. Shout out to John Orlando. Always showing love. Shout out to you, man. You guys are doing me a favor. As I spoke about. On the Monday episode, we got a huge rental at the studio. And 
I'm sure it's probably happened to you too. Whenever a big rental comes in, they need your time slot. It's like, hey man, I get it. I have the honor and the privilege of being able to record there on the house, being a part of the company. It's cool. But when the big dogs come in, they're like, hey man, we're fucking making it rain. Like it's Crazy Horse 3 in there. Mm. You got to step aside. You got to take that. So I called in a favor to the good brother, George, and you guys came through. So shout out to everyone here at Sticky Paws. Appreciate you guys. Of course, Nick. We always have looked at you as like family. And when you came in here on your first show ever, Action Junkies, make sure you check out that episode with Nick. We played catch in the back. It was the first time I think you ever played catch here in Vegas. Yeah. And it was like, you know, Nick, Nick slaying me the rock. And there was one time, I don't know if you remember, I ran a go route, and you, like, led me almost into a pole. Yeah. I still caught the fucking pass. I think we were both trying at that moment in time to prove ourselves. And uh, and then we became best friends. Come on, fist me, baby. You know what I'm talking about? That's it. We're that's out it. here, man. Dude, how are you? I didn't see you last week. Is it a holiday? Oh, I'm doing amazing, Nick. The holiday was great. Spent a lot of time with family. My brother, who plays at San Jose State beat UNLV so he came down to Vegas took care of business kind of stuck it to my alma mater uh they never recruited him so it was kind of like a I'm a I'm a local talent yeah you know he ends up getting honorable mention yesterday for uh the Mountain West Conference and okay you know PFF I've been telling this to everybody but nobody follows PFF so I'm glad I can tell you he graded out an 85 for a left tackle redshirt sophomore I have a because everyone listening to the show knows how I feel about PFF. Oh shit! Okay. I I like it when it comes to offensive linemen. Okay, legit because I feel as if it's it's a hard thing to really digest. Yep. and understand unless you have your eye on the offensive line at all times. Correct. Now, when it's a third and eight, and I've bet on a team and Nick Bosa's on that side or TJ Watts on that side. I'll probably watch that right tackles. I'm like, all right, this guy's going to blow up the whole play. There goes the parlay. But I'd be lying to you if I didn't use – I shit on PFF a lot, truthfully, because there was one year where they said James White was the best running back in the NFL, and it was when Todd Gurley had the the Todd Gurley year. Year? And you're like, come on, bro, what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, come on, let's, let's be honest. So my relationship with PFF, it is very insightful for certain positions. I do like when they do DB wide receiver matchups. I think that's pretty helpful. But with offensive line, I do use that as a resource when it comes to breaking them down. Yeah, it's only people that honestly, like you said, like watch it in detail enough to know, all right, like this guy actually has the chops based on the competition he was playing. And so shout out to my bro. He came down here. He won. And... That was an amazing moment, and then I went and I watched Patrick Mahomes, and oh my God, when I watched Patrick Mahomes defeat the Raiders this past weekend, Nick, I don't think I've ever seen like a more confident football player in my entire life. He doesn't like, you you know, it, it resembles Brady a lot in the sense where like it's not necessarily flashy, but it's just like you knew he was going to score on every possession. Everything was always open, and he always was hitting people on the on the money. And the way he moves around the pocket. So getting to see that on Sunday after watching my brother just play there the day before and win a game, it was kind of like surreal. Now that I'm like looking back on it, it was it was a dope fucking weekend. Dude, the fucking Chiefs ended up covering that game despite How? going down 14. How? And what's crazy is I uh, I bet on the Chiefs because they lost the week before. 
So it's kind of one of those spots that I always talk about where I like betting on good teams coming off a loss. Yeah. And uh, especially, like, in division. He's only lost one time in his career on the road in division, and that happened this year to the Denver Broncos. Yeah. But it's crazy that they still covered the 9.5 with ease. Nick, there was, it was never like, and they went down fourteen nothing yeah. for those that were not paying attention. Fourteen zero, the Raiders came out and they were they fucking punched them in the mouth. But then they stopped, you know, being able to run the ball. Like the Chiefs' defense is pretty legit once again. Chris Jones just is a, I mean, he's worth two gaps, and it, it's it's um it's a team that I'm like, I told my dad like halfway through, I was like. You know, we're probably watching the Super Bowl champions right now. I and then I like I can confidently say that after watching them, and I've only watched very bad NFL teams this year. I watched the Raiders, the Giants, and then the Chiefs. So yeah, anybody compared to those two, like of course it's gonna look better, but Travis Kelsey is open on every play. Yeah. No, like no doubt. Like you if you're not playing man to man, he just sits in zones. He's the third check down, and Patrick Mahomes' eyes go deep, middle. Travis Kelsey's always open. And then everyone always wonders, like, oh, how are they doing it? And I'm like, no, bro, it's just that's what happens. You know, if I, if I ever get a chance to talk to him, I want to ask him if he really has any routes. Because it seems like he does the <laughs> – it looks like he runs five to eight yards, stops, and then does this. Like, he'll have his back to the defense and go – and then just I'll just shuffle whichever way I think, and then bam, there goes 18 yards. Just every single no. Ball. There's so many better route runners. You know who's a really good route runner and his uh, time, and that's why he got paid a lot. Darren Waller for a season was mm. an insane route runner. George Kittle, pretty good route runner. I'm not saying Kelsey isn't a good route runner. It's no. just that he it, catches concepts, a lot of yeah. a lot of his passes are. Yeah, <laughs> he just no side shuffles. All and the concepts the spot. are just find find the hole and then just sit, and it's it works. And I don't understand why more teams just don't operate in that sort of mindset. But I, it's it's tough to when you don't have a quarterback that like can confidently go through all his progressions. And yeah, they're, they're a problem, man. They're yeah, a problem. I'm I'm worried about the receivers. I think eventually that's going to be something that's going to it's going to cost them. Like it's every game they've lost this year has yeah. been because of wide receivers with the drops. No team has had more wide receivers drop the ball than them. And you're talking about key third downs, game, touchdowns, game winning touchdowns, game winning touchdowns, and I think it's alarming. And I think that you saw Miami do this in the Germany game, even though they lost that game to the Chiefs. Bro, third and eight, we're putting three people on Kelsey. Go ahead and try to beat us, MVS. Yeah. And, and and Rice. Rice had a nice game last week, so maybe he's emerging. Tony, congrats, Tony. Yeah. Like, this is what we're going to do. So I think eventually they're going to run into a Baltimore. They're going to run into a, a, a yeah. Jacksonville who, dude, we, we talked about it, how like no one respects the Jaguars. No, no, but people need to. When I with the Jaguars, I already mentioned Travis Etienne being one of my favorite players to watch. And I just before we go off the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco is that same prototype. All the memes are so accurate. This man runs in high knees. He yeah. goes to bed in high knees. And uh, but yeah, the same thing. They they have a run game, but people don't respect the Jags. Get back to that. Yeah, I just think that the Jaguars are. 
right now they have the same record as every other team in the AFC, except for Baltimore because they've played one extra game. And it's it's something we harped on a couple of weeks ago where it seems like because they have improved it, mm. people aren't buying them. And it happens a lot to the young teams in any sport, bro. It's You're unproven. And until you prove that, it happens in the UFC too. You have this up-and-coming fighter. He's finally getting a big test that weekend. And you're saying to yourself, like, all right, this is a massive step up for this guy, the prospect. This is kind of a downgrade for this guy who's been – this weekend's pay-per-view, Armin and, and Dariush. It's like mm. Dariush has fought like the who's who at 155. Armin, he's fought the who's who, and every time he's lost. So it's like, what are you doing there? And Dariush is a two-to-one underdog. I'm bet I already bet Dariush, right? Yeah. But like to bring it back to the NFL and with the Jaguars, they played the Chiefs tough in the playoff game, and then how they won the playoff game against the Chargers, it was not so much a great comeback as much as it was a shitty Chargers collapse. collapse. So that's why I think, like, with the Jaguars, that's just another team that I was thinking about that, you know, if you're Kansas City, you might have to play them, and then you're going to need those receivers to make plays. And, you know, they got number 15 slinging the ball, so it's going to be – they're going to be fine. But Yes, sir. I do want to – I want to mention something, man. I don't know if I really talked about it on uh, the Monday show, but – Your eye? Nah, the eye is, is Did is you doing already good. tell them about that? Yeah, yeah, if not, they, they would have thought this <clears throat> is a Halloween episode. Yeah, they, they – uh, Got a little shiner there, but it was good. I got the train today, bro. Dude, I got depressed over Thanksgiving, dude. Really? Yeah. Little, little, just not being able to work out. Yeah, bro. You sent me a text. Your mom had you going out running errands. You were like, "Can't believe this. Yeah, can't believe this." I come back home and I have to go to the grocery store immediately. <laughs> my dad, hey, can you, my dad called me. My dad called me from the basement. All right, from the basement, calls me upstairs and he goes, "Yo, can you bring me the salt and pepper?" I was like, yo, you got to be kidding me. He's like, come on, man. I got to take advantage of this now that you're home. And I was like, you know what? I respect the honesty. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty shitty, truthfully, but I respect the honesty. But, uh, uh, dude, I, I got I got a little depressed, man, over the holidays because I didn't get to train. Mm. I didn't get to do jujitsu. Today was the first time. So, like, nine days I haven't trained jujitsu, And I'm doing it, like, five days a week. Yeah. And uh, when I mean depressed, I mean just, like, I was like, fuck, man. Just Your body feels, feels like you want to do weird. something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I've been having this combo with my friends recently because, like, you know, I'll be 33 in March. And a lot of my friends were anywhere from, like, two years younger than me to two years older was, like, my friend group back home. And some of them are turning 30 now. And they're, my friends that have been 30, they're like, oh, dude, you're going to get back pains and all this shit. And I was like, I feel great. Right. <laughs> I feel fine. But it's also I'm putting my body through crazy stress, you take physical care of stress. Yes. Seven days a week. Yep. Legit every day I'm doing something active. And then I'm feeling it today after jujitsu because I didn't put my body through hell for the last seven days. Yeah. It's so weird, bro. I didn't work out at all back home. Yeah, no. I mean, I fuck being an ex athlete and knowing how important it is. I, I know what I need to do day in and day out. So, like, if I don't go to the gym, I'll maybe go, like, on a longer walk. But there is, like, a bit of I need to do something. I need to stretch. I need to fucking, like, move around. But I, I don't go to the gym as much as I should. But once you start going, then it's, like, it's the addiction, right? Like, you're like, oh, shit, I'm starting to look good. I feel better. And then everything around your life gets better. So I'm glad that. Bro, you know, we're out of this depression here. Yeah, everything just seems easier the rest of my day when I train in the morning. 
It's all those things that our coaches said, and we're like on a fucking knee, and our knee was just sore as shit. He's like, hey, listen here, kid. It's what you do when people aren't watching that counts. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, coach, can we wrap this up? You're like, but it's true. It's true. I told uh, Brian from Hero's Journey, I was like, a real man when no one's watching puts in work. Mm. I thought he was going to come up and make out with me. He was so excited when he heard that one. Oh, Brian Hopkins will give you a fucking hell of a dap up. He was like, dude, I was just like, I got chills, brother. I got chills. A little Hulkamania started coming out. I love it. Yo, I want to talk about a couple things before we dive into the week. And I got some betting questions I want to ask you also. Um, Have you been seeing, do you, do you follow the NBA? I, I love the NBA. You do? Yes. Okay. I mean, it's football now, but I would say Christmas day, my mind's like, Mm. I got to start watching the shit. Yeah, I've watched more NBA this year than years past. Um, I'm enjoying the the in-season tournament a lot because... It is cool. What's dope is urgency. Mm-hmm. Like these games, even though it's a regular season game on the record, it matters towards this pool that they're doing in the in-season tournament, which is going to be in Vegas next week, which is really dope. But I think that's why there's such a big appeal to March Madness, such mm-hmm. a big appeal to NFL playoffs, because it's, it's one game, right? Like it means so much more. And you're seeing that. Like these play-in games... These uh, in-tournament games, in-season tournament games, they're, they're just meaning more. And the reason why I'm saying all this is because, once again, Russell Westbrook had an interaction with a fan. I saw this one. Have I told you my take on fan interactions with the athletes? Um, I feel I just, like you've maybe mentioned it to me, but I need to know the deep dive. Because Russell Westbrook is like case study number one, yeah. for sure, for this whole thing. One of my all-time favorite sporting events, Malice at the Palace. I love that. I think it should be played before every game. Everywhere. (laughs) It should be played every game because fans get too comfortable. And look, man, I'm not star-spangled fucking perfect when I go to games. Do I tell a player, yo, you suck? I've talked to pro athletes. They don't mind that. Right. They don't mind like, yo, you suck. When a guy misses a free throw, yo, he's with us. You know, like trolling them. They don't mind that. When you start digging into families and girlfriends and wives and their kids and religion and all this other shit, yeah. that's where it gets personal. Or if you throw like a racial slur at them, like what happened with the jazz fan back in the day with Russ, who's had so many different interactions with the fans. Back to the malice at the palace. There are some athletes they don't give a fuck. They'll slap the shit out of you. and They'll oh, deal yeah. with the consequences after. And the reason why I say about the mouse in the palace is I think there should be a waiver on the back of the ticket that says we are not responsible for how the athlete interacts with the fan if heckled. And I guarantee you, George, if the fan knew that if I heckled George Carmona, who's the right tackle for the fucking Bills, and he can slap the shit out of me, probably not going to heckle him. You would think, Nick, you would think, but it would have to happen just a couple more times because I can see, like, how players then would get real comfortable saying shit back, which they already do. I mean, like, players do go back and forth at fans, but, man, I in football, it's different. Every sport has the differing levels because in football you at least have, like, an eight-foot – banister like for a player to like go up and like get into something you you got some time in basketball bro i mean you can literally people are falling into them and then can you imagine like 
he's laying on top of you. You you have the guy behind you say something bad. He thinks it's you. If you get fucking elbowed, that's where it gets kind of dangerous. Because it's imagine how tough it is, Nick. I don't know if you've been on. Have you been on like a a big stage before? And you have like lights on you and stuff. It's kind of hard to see the crowd sometimes. Mm. So like you don't necessarily know where it's coming from. That's got to be the toughest part because then you got to really start like looking for a motherfucker. Ah, kind of looking in a general direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if you get the wrong guy and you just you fucking just just blast somebody, <laughs> bro? That's what Metal World Peace. Yeah, one of Queens's finest. Uh, formerly known as Ron Artest. One of my favorite players. The one time. guy that got fucking knocked <laughs> was because, hey, just wrong place, wrong time, bro. And that, that happens sometimes. But I think, look, over the weekend in the Bills-Eagles game, we had Jordan Phillips. He had an interaction with a member of Eagles Faithful. And apparently he claimed, and now there's conflicting reports, but he said that the dudes were attacking his family. What I said before. It's like, yo, Phillips, you suck. You're trash. Like, you didn't show up today. They don't mind that. But you start attacking the family, that's where it gets personal. Yeah. And I feel as if if the fan knew for a fact that the athlete can respond and not have any ramifications in post, mm -hmm. I feel like the fan would pull back. If you knew for a fact, bro, you might get punched in the face. I think your, yeah, your the, that's heckling the thing. gets tampered. That's the thing. I think they should let players go back at like like we should just be able to heckle back. You know what I mean? Because if they do throw the first punch, that's like... So I don't have a problem with Russ, like, confronting people or necessarily, like, yelling at fans. But, yeah, if they start fucking hitting people, Nick, I mean, they're going to kill these people. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Hey, man. Run our test is don't, good. Don't, don't talk shit, then. But can we just, like, respectfully, like, they can give it back to us? Like, can you imagine, right? I mean, these guys are jacked. They got all the money in the world. They got the best girls. Can you imagine the comebacks that some of these guys can have yeah. at these fucking, you're paying to watch me, bitch. Yeah. You, you got my I mean? name on your <laughs> back. back. You fucking pussy. <laughs> you fucking. <laughs> Dude, I got a good one for you. I had a good one for you. I was, uh, have I told you the 11 story when I was down in Miami with the Nets? Yeah, where they got the where you predicted the Miami flu because they were fucking. Well, I knew for well, a you fact. Knew. I knew for a fact they were so out clubbing. One, one of my friends works at a Eleven. Mm -hmm. It's a gentleman's club, nightclub in Miami. Shout out to Eleven, great girls. I got word the next morning, sorry, the morning of the game, that the Nets left at like seven a.m. Nice. They were playing the Heat at seven p.m. My friend was like, oh, yeah, the Nets were in town. Like, is that why you guys are here? Immediately, bro, the degening in my mind was like, I need to call my bookie back in New York, play some bets. <laughs> I look at the line. This is when the Heat had Deion Waiters and, like, Hassan Whiteside. They were kind of mm -hmm. mid, right? Mm -hmm. It was, like, post-Dwayne Wade. Right. And they were a three-point underdog at home. They're down 30 at halftime, and Joe Harris is at the free throw line. Misses the first free throw, and I just go, them strippers yesterday, huh? And he smirked as he shoots the next free throw. And me and my friend were like, yeah. So, like, heckling like that, yeah. I think that's cool. I made him laugh. He missed a free throw. I take full responsibility for him missing that free throw, by the way. Yeah. Full responsibility. Who knows what the strippers were doing to him yesterday. But this is what I'm talking about. Oh, like, bro. there's friendly heckling. There's friendly heckling. Those strippers got the bag that night. Oh, for yeah. sure. 
Joe Harris seems like the type of guy that just he, – he might be a little, like, financially irresponsible that night. He seems like he's buttoned up otherwise, but he's like, I'll splurge tonight and just – Dude, I was, 20 racks. We were so so we went down this rabbit hole, my friends and I. We were talking about you know, like James Harden is a notorious lover of the strip Oh, clubs, yes, right? he is. And if he makes forty million dollars a year, yeah. Right. Let's just say half of it goes to taxes, or whatever. So now you got twenty million. The breakdown we went to was like, bro, if he went out every time he went to a road game, right? Forty nights a year he went to the road. Say he went to a strip club. If he blew like $25,000 a night. He still comes home with like $18 million. Worth. And it's like, yo, he's paying people's mortgages and bills and all that shit. This guy's probably doing it every night. You ever seen that famous uh, Reddit thread about how James Harden, when he goes to play on the road in cities that have notoriously high-end strip clubs, his numbers are always down. So when he goes to LA, he goes to New York, he goes to Miami. If he's averaging like 32 that year, he averages like 23.6 in those Holy cities. Holy shit. Yo, it's like an iconic NBA Twitter Reddit thread. It's hilarious. And you know what, man? I believe it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how could you not? How could you not? I mean, so we got onto this because we were talking about the fans, right? Yeah. Fans getting into it with players. Russell Strippers West are fans. Strippers are fans. Now... Oh, I'm just thinking about like all the the real juicy beef because like if they can heckle back, you know, because I wonder if Russ got a did he get a fine for yelling back at the fan? I'm sure he has because it's not his first offense, right? Oh, it's like yeah, Kareem no. Jackson. How many times you got to hit someone fucking right in the head for a concussion? They get knocked out before you get suspended or fined for a million dollars. That is very true. That was a wild little highlight tape, that Kareem Jackson one. When I watched it, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> God damn, dude. Just leaving his feet. Did you see the uh, Saints might be getting a bounty gate? Again? Or, no, no, not the Saints. The Broncos. Ooh. Yeah. Yo, Sean Payton. Yeah. So I had, this was brought up to me yesterday. They were like, if you look at the fines for targeting, like in the last like six weeks, the Broncos like are leading the charts. And they think, hey, maybe Sean Payton's going like, yeah, like, to If it worked last time, motherfucker, it's going to work this time. Yeah, and hold on. The last six weeks, they're 5-1. and one, So <laughs> maybe it's you. working. I'm telling you. He's maybe like, it's working. Yo, that's crazy, That's man. the secret sauce that's there. Crazy. Was, there ever a, was there ever an athlete that, like, you fucking hated? Like, sports hate. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I'm sure you don't hate them. You wish the best for them. But when... Like maybe they just always shitted on your team every time they played you. I, you know, as you were bringing it up to me, I thought immediately of Jimmy Butler, and I have to go in on on this whole little Jimmy rant here because it didn't happen until he got to the Heat, mm. and then all these runs that the Celtics have made, and then they run into Jimmy Butler, and he's like fucking kryptonite. He's average kryptonite, and that's the part that like kills me because dude could be a killer. Like, Jimmy Butler could absolutely lead this Heat team in points and assists and be, like, a very me, me, me guy. But he just, like, fucking beats you with, like, average Draymond Green-type play. And then occasionally he'll go off for, like, 50. And you're like, where the fuck did this come from? So he, he's one of the he's, last it, – it's, it's been the last four years that, like, I truly do not like Jimmy Butler. Yeah. He's one of the rarest players in the league that 
come playoff time, he's a top five guy in the league. It's nuts, but dude. he's like top twenty, and like way closer <laughs> to twenty than one in the regular season. But Maybe twenty five. He's so important to that Heat yeah. team too. It's like, and he the Celtics have been so fucking good, and then when he beat the like a younger Jason Tatum. That one year in the Eastern Conference Finals, I was like so crushed, bro. Um, but yeah, no, Jimmy Butler, fucking hate him. The reason why I bring that up is because public enemy number one in my life was Deshaun Jackson. Mm. He just announced today at the time that we're recording that he's retiring. Dude, there's not an athlete I hated more. Mm. Hated more. And uh, I did a podcast with Will Blackman. Shouts to Will. And... Uh, it was like, dude, he's such a nice guy. What do you mean by you hate him? I was like, bro, I sports hate him. It's a different thing. Like, I don't wish bad on him. Do I wish he, like, jams and finger on the first drive against the Giants and then he's out for four drives? Yeah, I do wish that. No, jam finger, nothing too crazy, right. not season ending. But uh, that guy just, I feel like when I when I envisioned Deshaun Jackson, I think of the punt, mm -hmm. right? He had the, the famous punt against the Giants. But his stat line always is five for 150 and two touchdowns against the Giants. That's what I think of Deshaun Jackson whenever he would play the Giants. And, like, wide open by 40 yards. I'm yeah. I think of that game, I think it was against the Redskins where – The he, Michael Vick. The Michael Vick uh, – Bro, that's game. one of the craziest yeah. throws I've ever seen. It was, like, 65 yards on a string. Yeah. Perfect full speed Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Feared. Feared. What were the other teams he played for? I know he was on the Eagles. Then he like kind of went, went to the Commanders, <clears throat> had some success with the Bucks. Yep. Then he went to the Rams, I believe. I believe he had a stand with the Rams at the end. Chargers, maybe. Uh the Raiders. He played on the Raiders too. He scored a touchdown against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving with oh the Raiders. Oh God. Yeah. Absolute just. And and look, he played the NFC East often, mm -hmm. but. An absolute killer, bro. Like, this guy would have fucking monster games against that division. And, and yeah, I have it here. He played with the Eagles, Commanders. Bro, he only played with the Eagles for six years. It felt like way A longer. A fucking eternity, dude. It felt like way longer. <laughs> Eagles, the then Redskins, Buccaneers, Eagles again briefly, Rams, Raiders, and ended his career last year with the Ravens. And, like, bro... NFL record for career touchdowns of 60 yards. He had 26 of them. And then career touchdowns of 80-plus yards. He had five. He's tied with someone. Bro, fucking wicked, dude. That's a that's a fucking hell of a career. wicked. Do you think he's, he's a yoffer? I don't know. 641 yards, uh, sorry, 641 career receptions, 11,263 career yards. He had, He's an all-purpose guy, though. Yeah, 58 receiving touchdowns, four return touchdowns. Man, like if you could do a Hall of Fame based off like fear, Ooh, like yeah. how much you feared that guy. When he played your team, first battle hall of favor. Like yeah. when we would have to play the Eagles, bro, and we had to play him. And even when he played with the Commanders, like it was just a bitch to play that dude. It just sucked, bro. The Giants spent so many draft picks on corners to stop him. Didn't work. <laughs> you know how many uh, 
people like him, I bet his 40 time was crazy, but on field speed, like in the like game speed, I don't think there was too many that can keep up with him. Like he like reminded me of like uh Chris Henry a little bit. Huh. Yeah. Bro, six for one seventy-eight a touchdown, three for seventy-eight a touchdown, four for sixty-one a touchdown, six for ninety-nine, one touchdown, seven for one thirty-two, one touchdown. Those are all games against the Giants. Oh my god. Eight catches for sixty-three yards and a touchdown. He had I felt like he had way more touchdowns against the Giants, but he had only six touchdowns against the Giants. But he had 1,150 yards against the Giants in his career in 18 games. But if you think about it, bro, like seven of those games were not in his prime. <laughs> so this is this is really the majority of his career was just like killing the Giants. But shout out to him, man. Hell of a career. It's a vendetta, brother. Mm. Yeah. Do you think he had like a, a bad experience in New York once? I don't know. I don't know. Was it ever like? Just... Was there ever like a report of like a New York fan like throwing a hoagie at him or something? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. I've wanted to throw some shit at him too. Mm. I so was that. Yeah, I... you would heckle him, and then Deshaun Jackson's allowed to beat you up, bro. Yeah, it's by the way, football is the most unfair out of all the sports to get beat up by. Going back to that argument real quick they're padded up yeah i could take a helmet and literally cave your head in all right or you should just wear wear your helmet like the dumbest thing when there's a brawl and dudes take their helmet off oh stupid that's dumb strap that up and be like come on bro throw as hard as you want unless miles garrett rips it off your head like oh that that could be that could be dangerous it should stay on and if he rips it off your head you need to run very fast the other direction What's good, Legends? Big ups to one of our sponsors and one of our favorite sponsors because they are degenerates just like us. Shout out to the online sportsbook Wager Attack who will be partnering and sponsoring Veterans Minimum for this entire football season. And they will be the official odds provider for Veterans Minimum. So anytime you hear us talking about any games, any props, any futures, whatever it might be, the odds are going to be provided by Wager Attack. And if you are ready to take your online sports betting game to the next level, and if you are ready to take your sports betting game to the next level like we have, look no further than Wager Attack, the ultimate online sports book for true sports enthusiasts. With a wide range of sports, live betting options, competitive odds, and a live casino, Wager Attack is where winners play. Join today using the code VM and get bonuses and a free play rollover when depositing at the cashier. Wager Attack is rocking with us through the NFL season and is the official odds provider of Veterans Minimum. Let's give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Fly Me Out. Legends, do you ever feel the urge to break away and discover the world with a like-minded tribe? Let me introduce you to Fly Me Out, the premier social travel club. Imagine if LinkedIn, Airbnb, and Raya had a travel-loving baby. Whether you're looking to network with professionals on a beach or bond with creatives in the heart of a city, Fly Me Out has got you covered. Dive into the curated experiences with their platform, and it's never been easier for you to find your tribe and see the globe. Don't just travel, make memories with Fly Me Out. As someone that recently just went to Colombia over the summer for the first time, my dream place to go and visit, and I went there by myself. 
because my friends are lame as shit and they didn't want to go on vacation. Fly me out is exactly what I needed in my life. They scout and curate the trips to some of the world's most exciting locations. And it's a phenomenal way to network with some of the top achievers and innovators from various fields in the many industries out there. Use the code VM1 for expedited application review. I want to assure you that I'm wholeheartedly behind this one because one of my really good friends, Zach, is the mastermind behind it. When going to sign up, use the code VM1 for expedited application review, and I promise it's going to be a good time. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, George, before we talk about the monster game this week um, with so much on the line for so many different reasons, Frank Reich got fired this week. Yeah. The Panthers. Um, he's not the first coach fired, and he won't be the last coach fired. It seems like every year there's like minimum five new hires every year. Yep. So I have a list of teams that I think – are going to be looking for a new head coach. One I think is a little controversial, depending on how you feel about it. Yeah. But I'll list the teams. All right. Panthers, Chargers, Commanders, Raiders, Bears. Yep. I think the Patriots are going to need a new head coach. Okay. So I got ridiculed big time. And I knew the last one was the most controversial yeah. one, right? I got ridiculed on the American fan uh, by Marcus Banks and Josh. Like that, that man has earned the right to coach as long as he wants. It's like a Greg Popovich situation is like what they equated it to. But I think, dude, I think he might be just over it. You know, you you, you go from a, a millennia of winning and then you suck and. You know, I think it might be time to to turn a new leaf. Are you really willing to waste another three years of your life to find a quarterback that is going to lead you to the playoffs? Yeah. It'll be him stepping away. He won't be fired. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think they're going to fire him. Yeah. It's going to be one of those things where it's like, hey, man, we're going to have a top pick. Yeah. You're fucking 73, 74, how old yeah. he is. You did something no one's ever going to do. Mm -hmm. For 20 years, you were a fucking buzzsaw. 12 and 4 every year is how I think of the Patriots with Brady and Belichick. Pretty much. And they went undefeated one year, ran into my New York Giants. Thank you. 
uh, 14 and two seasons. Like a bad year for them was like 11 and five. And it was because Matt Castle came in. Right, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, right. This Brady was just rolled an ankle or s- sustained excellence like across the board. But it's time, bro. It's time. And I've been talking about how it's not him without Brady that he's been bad. He was actually bad with Brady the last year, too. So in 2019, they go 12 and four. Great year. But that team was, that was the year when Lamar won MVP. And remember the Pats were like undefeated and they went into Baltimore. Baltimore was like a, Ooh, I do remember they were this. an underdog at home. And then Lamar, Sunday night football game. it was a Sunday night football game. And I remember vividly on Patreon, patreon.com slash veterans minimum, still doing it. I said, yo, instead of betting the Ravens to win this game, Moneyline plus 140, bet Lamar Jackson at then 12 to 1 to win MVP. Because if they win this game, it's a showcase game. It's the fucking undefeated Pats. He's going to be the talk of the town. Yep. What happens? They win that game. He's the talk of the town. The odds go from like 12 to 1 to like plus 550. Dom, Dom Mazzola, shouts to Dom. He edits the social clips for VM. He's been with me for all these years. He was like, bro, I made that bet. I oh followed, like, I took Lamar Jackson that year. So the reason why I'm saying all this is because Belichick and the Pats, they've been kind of mediocre since then. Even though they went 12-4, and four, people that listen to the show then remember I said, yo, Titans are going to beat them on the money line. Titans are going to go in there and beat them. The last pass Brady ever throws with the Pats gets picked sixth mm-hmm. by Logan Ryan, a former Patriot also. Right. And then from then on, it was Cam Newton, COVID year, 7-9. and nine. 2021, they get Mac Jones, 10 and 7. Okay, cool, but then you get your shit punched in in the playoff game against the Bills. Yeah. Then 8 and 9 last year, 2 and 9 this year. I said they were 35 to 1 to have the worst record in football. People laughed at me when I I said this. Everybody laughed at me. But if it wasn't for Carolina being so shit, (laughs) it's I think they're the worst team in football. Carolina could still theoretically make the playoffs. It's so, you know, that that your bet, it looks good because all they play is NFC South teams. They're going to beat a couple of them. I think the Patriots lose out. You might win that. Like, I'm trust. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring back the clips crazy. Oh, those are going to come back away. if that happens. But, yo, so I think it's going to be a mutual just departure. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, we don't want to fire you because you've given us. Such a great thing. But it's time. Let us go in a different direction. You're, again, you're, you're 73, 74 years old. You're the oldest coach in the league, you and Pete Carroll. Yeah. And it's just time. And, yeah, I think you're right, dude. I just think he's kind of just, like, going through the motions now. Do you – well, the crappy thing is is that he got Bill O'Brien back. Mm-hmm. And there is a one clip – I remember I sent it to you on, like, Instagram DM where, like, Mac Jones was getting fucking chewed out – and like Belichick's just like standing in front of it, and yeah, I I think he he has the pieces in place that he wants as far as like coaching goes, but it just didn't fucking pan out. And I don't think anybody uh, anybody can come in there and really like save the day. Like I don't even know what the Patriots necessarily need because even if they had a quarterback, I'd be like, who does he throw it to? You know what I mean? Juju? Are we? I mean, he's on a one-year deal. I said they have the slowest offense in the league. Oh, it's like... It's really slow. It's like Iowa of college football, like how Iowa's under was like 24 and a half versus Nebraska, where it's just like this 
and it went under. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> it went under. so the same thing with the Pats, dude. Take the under, fucking every game. So what would you say of the of the teams I listed? Panthers, Bears, Chargers, Pats, Raiders, Commanders. Yeah. I think all of them are going to need new head coaches. What's the most appealing job in your opinion? Okay, so like if I was to oh be a little head coach here, you'd be an idiot not to go with the Chargers. Right. Justin Herbert, you know, I can only put so much of like the blame on him, but it's really just Brandon Staley is fucking lifeless. Here's the one thing, and I'm surprised Brandon Staley has not been fired because he's he's a defensive guy, right? Did you see what happened on the very first play on defense on their uh, Monday night football game versus where they playing the the Vikings? Do you mean Sunday night this past week? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then they played they played they played a couple of you right. played the Jets on Monday night too. Correct. It was it was either the Jets or this past Sunday night. The very first play on defense, 12 men on the field. Like, bro, you're a defensive-minded coach, and the very first play you got to call a timeout because you don't want to get a penalty for 12 men on the field. He just – he's lost the room. He It's an appealing job, and I want him – I want Bosa, like – to be happy because I think you can build a franchise and you can win Los Angeles with those two pieces. Or maybe I'm speaking too highly of Bosa. He's been kind of, eh. I think you are. I think he, he gets paid like he's one of the top guys, and I don't think he is. Also, injuries have really hurt him. Yeah. And that's been the killer. What's crazy is I think there's a real case to be made that the younger brothers in the Bosa family and in the Watt family are better than the older brothers. Yeah, TJ's got a bigger dude. I said that like three years ago, and this is when, like, it was like he he had shown flashes, but it's not right. like how he is now. Like he's a unanimous top five defensive player in the league. Right. I kept saying like, yo, TJ Watt's better than JJ Watt, and JJ Watt won three defensive players of the year in four years. Yeah, Captain America. Bro. Yeah, it was fucking. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But I agree with you. The most appealing job would be the Chargers. Because you, of all these teams, it's the only one with a franchise quarterback. Yeah. Because you don't know what you have with Bryce Young. What do you make of Justin Fields? Pats, you don't know what's happening over there. Sure, you can have the luxury if you have the top pick. Maybe you get Caleb Williams. Maybe you get May from UNC. Raiders, AOC, Jimmy G. Mm. And, and then, Devontae Adams is gone. Yeah, yeah, and then the commanders, you got Sam Howell, which I think what happens is the enemy probably slots in there. He already has been, the yeah. co- from what we understand, right? Like he's pretty much just doing Ron Rivera's entire job for a year for whatever reason. I don't understand why like they didn't just make it happen. Yeah. They hired the coach too early. They fucked up. It seems like it. So I think, I think Chargers for sure, right? Chargers is the most appealing, but – the Bears has your hold on with, with the Chargers right because last yep. couple of weeks Kenny and I have been talking about how bro he's he he looks the part he looks amazing right prototype quarterback laser rocket arm the, the you know the famous Peyton Manning commercial you know six five laser rocket arm fucking he's the perfect prototype quarterback that you want mm-hmm. but he also plays like Jay Cutler. 
I think you've you've made this analogy to me one one time before. Uh, Dude, how are you just, six foot five, and you have like three hitting. passes a game tipped at the line of scrimmage, and then you look at like Kyler Murray and Russ, Drew Brees, and Drew Brees, like rarely got the ball tipped at the line, and you're like it's crazy. It's bro. worse. I, they do get the ball tipped at the Drew Brees. It happens so much, bro. I'm gonna fucking tell you right now. <laughs> All right, this short motherfucker, and he never scrambled outside the pocket. So. You know, it, it just is more evident when Justin Herbert is throwing piss missiles, like, just flat right at the line. Yeah. And he's, like, pretty, I don't know, predictable with his arm angle. Mm. He's not like uh, a Mahomes, like, where you know, they're they're crafty with, like, how they get the ball. Because those defense alignment, they're looking at you. They see when your ass is about to throw, and they just, you know. yeah. Fat fucking arms of these D linemen. I mean, dude, I it. think it's such a great tactic if you're a defensive lineman. Like yeah, if I can't get there, yeah, yeah. just put let your me, hands Let me let me play and, like hand fight, hand fight, hand fight, and then yeah, yeah jump like, up. Why not? Why not do that? If I can't get to the quarterback, it's just as good, right? It's not a yeah. sack, but it's a loss of down. They um, <clears throat> it's it, it's something that I want to see them do more of. They he needs to run more, bro. Mm. He I I don't know what his rushing stats were this last game, but he busted out like a a sixty yard run. So it could possibly be two weeks in a row where Justin Herbert leads a team in rushing. And that, to me, is like a facet of his game that I never even really had explored. But maybe they should kind of start to fucking pivot in that direction. I think Kellen Moore is starting to do it. Does he become the new head coach, Kellen Moore? I don't think he's head coach nah, material. I don't, I, don't, I don't think so either, man. I think he's he's a, he's a really solid offensive coordinator. And, you know... Justin Herbert, he's fucking amazing, but there's so much bad that comes with him. And look, I think it, it, he's getting into a point in his career where, especially once Staley goes, it's like, bro, we got no more mistakes, uh, no more excuses for you. Right. You, it has to be on you now. Because now there's still a pass. It's like, ah, that's the coach. We mm -hmm. know the coach is wacky. We know the coach is not good. Mm -hmm. ah, it's not Herbert. But man, the more you watch, and you know, Kenny and I are like two and fucking seven putting the charges in circa this year. So they've cost <laughs> us a shit ton of money. So whenever we do put them in circa, we watch them a lot more. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, there was one game where it was embarrassing that they lost that game because he had like Keenan Allen wide open in the back of the end zone and he just threw a missile instead of just like a nice little touch, nice little touch pass. And it's just, it's plays like that, where it's like Keenan Island is doing a drag right behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, you don't and need he's to... throwing it at 102. It's like, bro, a little. Like, yeah. You know? Quarterbacks, uh, that's one of the underrated attributes. San Jose State, the team my brother plays for, their quarterback, fucking, bro. He's five foot seven, or I think he might be five nine, but everything is like game seven, full count. Just and that, but with Justin Herbert, and you've seen him play in person. When you watch him throw, it looks super short and like effort. Like you want, I I wonder like how do you put that much fucking speed on the ball? Because it doesn't look like he does yeah. like a big windup. Well, that's what they mean by arm talent. Like it just looks he like just whips it. Yeah, like Rogers, right? Rogers does this sixty yards back shoulder. You're like, what the fuck? How the hell? Yeah. It doesn't look like. 
you know, there's some other quarterback. Like Cam Newton used to look like he was fucking shot putting. <laughs> just getting everything behind it. And then you would see, like, oh, shit, that's why. Right. It was hitting off fucking wide receivers' shoulder pads and shit because it's coming out like a missile. <laughs> Where other quarterbacks, it don't look like that, bro. It don't look like that. So I think that's the most appealing job only because of Justin Herbert. But then on the flip side, I feel like an appealing job might be Chicago because they are going to have the number, what, one and four pick in the draft? Because they have Carolina's pick. Yeah. Which is another reason why the Carolina shit is so wacky because they have no incentive to tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't no, have their number gunning, one pick. Bro. Yeah. They, you should try to be winning and playing better because you don't have that number one pick. And you want to screw over the Bears. Yeah. Make and it worse for them. So, to me, the question is, all right, Nick, let's say we're working with Chicago and we do have the first and fourth pick. Do we go quarterback? I think you have to. Right? Even Yeah, this whole Justin Fields experiment has kind of played its course. Justin Herbert, we think a little more highly of than Look, man, Justin you've had, Fields. You've had, you've had three years if you're it's Justin time. Fields. Three years, it's enough. And injuries. Injury prone three years, right? And yeah, no, it, it's but time even to go. when he's pl- even when he's playing, and like, they need an edge rusher too. They need a lot of things. That's why if you're Chicago, you probably take a quarterback at one. Do what Houston did this, and last then year. and then with the four pick or the three pick or whatever pick you have, if Marvin Harrison is there, sure you take him because mm. then you have your franchise quarterback and the wide receiver to pair them together. That's fucking dope. But if not. You have so many holes you got to fill. Why not trade back and do like the Patriot thing, right? Patriots used to always trade back. Mm. Not that they ever had a top five pick, but hey, we got the 28th pick. Let's trade back and let's get two second round picks. Same value as the first round pick. I'm paying them less. Right. Still a top 50 player, impact guy right away. Day one and two picks are like, they're going to play tomorrow. Right, right. right. Anyone in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, if they make your roster and they contribute, it's like, holy shit, that's a gem. We we got an A-plus grade because this fifth-round pick now is <laughs> my fucking quarterback or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's how that's how it goes. So I think Chicago, blank slate, Chicago might be a fucking – that might be the answer, bro. If you have the number and one pick – they're getting a new stadium built, I heard, too. You'll have – You'll have the option of picking your quarterback if you're the head coach. You have a lot of assets. You have a lot of money also because yeah. you're not paying your quarterback. I think that might be – you know what? I changed my hey. answer. I'm going with Chicago. I think Chicago is the most appealing job in the offseason this year. They have not been good since the days of Lovey Smith. Yeah. So you have like a little bit of leeway, like if you suck right off the bat, like if you if you are under five hundred, but like a competitive under five hundred, like maybe like a a seven and eleven record, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to get run out of town, but everyone's going to think like, holy shit, we have hope. So you don't even need to be really good with the Chargers. It's not the same. People would expect you to win ten games next year with the Chargers coming in there, but with the Bears, low expectation. You know, promise of the future. I like this. I like that. But I can feel also, I could feel the same way about the Raiders. Hmm. Like, where the Raiders could be a very appealing coaching job, um, not only just for, 
like living in the city of Las Vegas, which is uh, the fucking top-notch place to live. Nick can tell you about it, right? He, Bro. He just he loves his place so much. But um, you, um, you got at least an owner that's behind you that is, like, loaded and that is willing to make moves now. And I think that also plays a huge factor into what, like, a head coach should look into. You feel that? Like, yeah. Yeah, like having the owner, like, be your fucking, like, right next to you and, and do whatever you really say to do. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, a little too much. Maybe Mark Davis is a little too. No, nah, but I, I would want the owner to definitely care and be involved with the team. I don't know if I would want him to be making decisions. Like, as a New York Knicks fan, I've seen it firsthand how many free agents don't want to come there because he's too all in on the team. Right. It's like, bro, hire the people, let them, you know, delegate, let them run the organization, and you just pay the bills. I think that's how every successful organization has ever operated. So, Very true. Yeah. I just think, let us know. At Veterans Minimum on social media, tag us. Let us know what you think is the most appealing job this offseason. George, before we wrap up the show, um, a couple of things I want to ask you. Hit me with it. So... The odds for NFL MVP right now, we got, who do you think is the favorite? Um, Jalen Hurts? Yes. Jalen Hurts is the favorite. Yes. Followed by Pat Mahomes, followed by Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, who two weeks ago, 30 to 1, now plus 700. Mm-hmm. He's had some monster games. Yeah, I mean, he's beat up even, on shit teams. Yeah, even, yeah, he has. But that's what you're supposed to do. So, like, I don't blame him. Stat pad, bro. Yeah. Light it up. Yeah. Go for it. Why not? Then you got 2-0 plus 900. This is a fucking mistake. This is, this is a wild one. Brock Purdy's 14-1. to 1. Don't get it. Don't understand it. He's not even the most valuable player on this team. <laughs> it's the running back. Then you got CJ Stroud twenty to one, and then you got McCaffrey at twenty five to one. Do you agree with the order of this list? Do Where you, was Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill is not e oh, forty I, to one. I thought you may have listed his name. No, no. Listen, man, I'll tell you this much, and I like that you mentioned it. If there was ever a year to give it to a non quarterback, I think it's this one. Tyreek Hill's fucking it's death taxes. Tyreek Hill touchdowns or guaranteed. Yards. Yeah, guaranteed. I think this is the year that, look, Hurts, Hurts like the first four weeks was kind of mid. Yep. Kind of mid. But he was putting up big numbers because he was rushing for two touchdowns, right? Right. So Mahomes has had a couple of stinkers where, you know, against the Jaguars, I think they scored one touchdown. And then there's been some games where he's like, he just, you know, they lost to Denver. Yeah. And he didn't play well, right? Lamar Jackson, he had a couple of stinkers. Dak has definitely had stinkers. Tua, he's had some bad games where he's thrown three touchdowns, two interceptions, but the most consistent player has been Tyreek Hill. It's very comparable to Stafford and Cup two mm -hmm. years ago, where Stafford was having a really good year, but all of his production was going to Cooper Cup, where all the production for Tua is going to Tyreek Hill. Right. And then you have what McCaffrey is doing with the Niners. He hasn't had a bad game this year. Yeah. And it was the same thing with Cooper Cup's worst game was like 7 for 77. 
still solid, right? It, it's a bad game when he was putting up eight for 100 every week. 100%. And I think this year, the quarterback play, it's either everyone is too close together to definitively be like, yo, that guy is the fucking league MVP, where the best players in the league have been non-quarterbacks. And I think this is the year to – and I haven't bet on Tyreek Hill. Yeah. and Everyone I'm, knows about our fucking guy that walked by – in the McCaffrey jersey, yeah. as we were talking about it. That was insane. That was wild. So we do have a dog in the race, but for real, man, I felt like I didn't bet on Cooper Cup the year that he won MVP, but I felt like he was the league MVP that year. I bet him in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But that's just how I feel about it, man. This, But going back to what you said about premier games, you would mentioned it with Lamar Jackson earlier. Yeah. This 49ers-Eagles game yeah. is the premier game. Yeah. So good let's let's segue. let's fucking just say two hundred yards. This. You're getting good at this. Two hundred yards on the ground. All right, I gotta keep going. Two hundred <laughs> yards on the ground. Two touchdowns, and they dominate the Eagles. But it's all on Christian McCaffrey's big plays. Yeah, I think it goes from twenty five to one to maybe where Brock Purdy's at. Brock wow. Purdy falls to twenty five to one. Dude, actually, just out of the race, like. Dude, that's I, so high for that kid. I fucking agree with you, man. I think you are you are spot on. Like when you look at McCaffrey's, you look at McCaffrey's numbers this year, right? Like his his game logs, as I'm pulling it up right now. He's been fucking. So he has 11 touchdowns in 11 games. Um. Sorry, he has 16 touchdowns and 11. Yeah, he has 16 total touchdowns. I was talking about rushing touchdowns when I was looking at it. So he has 16 touchdowns in 11 games. He has a total of total yards. So he has 389. And he has about 1,300 all-purpose yards. And, like, bro, you know, 152 yards, 116 yards, 85 yards on the ground, 34 through the air, 106 on the ground, 71 through the air, 81 total yards on the ground. His worst game was against Cleveland. 43 yards, and then he had nine yards catching. But then everything else is like these monster games, bro, he's been having. And I think you're onto something where if they they go into Philly and they win, and he has a monster game, I think, yeah, he definitely leapfrogs. Versus one of the best defensive lines in the league. Yeah. it's the, the headlines would read it perfectly. And then, hey, we're also at that point in time in the season where you got to be consistent every week. So, like, if – in any given point, any one of those people you just listed had a bad week, it's over for them. Yeah. Like, you have to be perfect from here on out, and you're not going to get it as easy as, like, you know, as long as Christian McCaffrey doesn't fumble and he rushes for over 100 yards and gets his uh, touchdown or two, I think, dude, you can see him at maybe 8-1 to when the season's closing. Look, man, I think you're spot on, right? It's the same thing with – Everyone knows I'm not the biggest college football guy, right? But isn't mm-hmm. it better for the, your playoff chances to lose early in the year as opposed 100%. to later? Yes. Right? You want to lose September 22nd. Mm-hmm. You don't want to lose November 22nd. Yep. Because it's recency bias. It's a thing that we last saw. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think now if someone has, if, if Lamar this, well, L- Lamar is a bad example because they're on a bye week. But let's say Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes goes into Green Bay and he throws three interceptions. And they, they win by a field goal. It's like, oh, man, he played like shit. They they were lucky to win that game. The defense right. won that game. 
probably burn the ticket on Mahomes yep. to win MVP. Or if like Hurts this week, he's going up against the Niners defense, another top three defense in the league. Maybe he has a shitty performance. And you're right, dude. I think that's a really strong take where if you are one of these guys that we listed, one of these top six, seven guys, yeah, there's no, you can't have a stinker the rest of the way because yep. people are going to remember that. Yep, yep. And, uh, yeah, I think it's that past Thanksgiving. And then, dude, I, I know it's probably already hit you, but it's like, shit. Like, it's it's almost over. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think, like, we're past uh, past that point of of no return. And I think Tyreek Hill, he's at 40, you said? 40 to 1? Yeah. A little tougher for him. But, yeah. I I think we we got to keep hammering the narrative forward, like being uh, you know proud media members. We can move the needle a little bit. Why not give it to a non quarterback? Yeah, yeah I, especially with like you you listed the case perfectly. Every quarterback has had a shit performance, but these guys don't. Did you uh, really quick? Did you see Christian McCaffrey's bed after practice and? After all his games and stuff, his wife like made a little like uh, a reel about his bed. It's just literally covered in blood. They got white sheets. Man's is always cut up and bruised. So we're talking like that's a dog right there. It's a dog. Win MVP just based off of the the blood on the sheets, brother. All right. And his and his lady, Miss Universe, great girl. I mean, I yes. All mean, Mount Rushmore. To, to turn it into content to win your husband the award. Huh. Oh, dude. She knows no. what she's doing. Driving she the knows narrative. what she's doing, He's brother. putting what his body fuck? on the line to win this award. Yeah, I like it, man. I like it. <laughs> Listen, I want to end the show with the marquee game of the week. It's probably the game of the year. Yeah. Um, Philly has played a lot of really tough games as of late. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a buddy of mine, Will. He's an Eagles fan. We train jujitsu together over at Syndicate. And, bro, I have to bet the Eagles this week. How could you not? I have to. Look, it, they're an underdog at home. It feels wrong. Are they the underdog for the first time this season? Um, no, they've been an underdog. Uh, at home as an underdog, yeah. For sure. Well, yeah, 100%. Maybe against the – I think maybe against the Dolphins. No. Oh, I guess no. the Dolphins, they were a two-point favorite. Chiefs. Chiefs wow, are on the road. Just on a gauntlet, yeah. Dude. But, but they, yeah. But they've had a tough schedule, right? And then yes. they got Dallas coming up soon, too. Yep. So I think the line opened up Philly minus two and a half, and now they're plus three. That's a crazy, crazy movement on this one. And there's a lot of things, right? All the Niner players have been saying, yo, if Brock Purdy don't go down, we win that game last year. So you know they're coming in. They're fired up, right? On the flip side... I think the Eagles players are saying the same shit. Wait, so y'all think if Brock played last year, you would have beat us? All right, bet. Watch what we're going to show you. You have your boy coming in here now, too. You guys are fully healthy. No excuses. Still going to get your ass whooped. Yep. And Philly is a team that when they they embrace the underdog, dude, oh, the whole fucking They're going to wear the dog mask. Yeah, the whole, the whole Super coming. Bowl run, they all wore dog masks. Yeah. The fans did. The players were showing up. Uh, Jason Kelsey showed up with the dog mask. Like, this is a team that embraces it. And it might be a situation, bro, where how many times for the rest of his career in Philly are you going to get Jalen Hurts as an underdog, you think, at home? 
And and oh, by the way, they're ten and one. This isn't like they're six and six, kind of just breezing. Nah, bro, they're the best team in the league, and they're an underdog at home. I think that's crazy, and I think the matchups benefit Dude, them. What? Yeah. Okay. You've been sports betting a very long time. What do you think Vegas sees that we that we as like the layman person just don't see? Because you know they're getting points because it's at home. So realistically, it's they're really looking at it like five and a half. Because you're you're automatically giving Philly a couple of points for being at home. So what the fuck are we not so seeing here? So you bring up a good point because I always would talk about this in the past. If you like a road favorite, I want you to close your eyes and envision them being at home and add six points to that line. So if San Francisco was playing this game in San Fran, they'd be a nine-point favorite against the Eagles. Mm. George, what are we doing if they were a nine-point favorite? We're for sure taking We're taking Eagles. Philly. We're, and we're putting we're putting December Patreon money on the Eagles, <laughs> maybe even money line, right? So that's why when you have a road favorite, mm-hmm. I always tell people that I'm like, yo, not that it's a bad thing to do, mm-hmm. right? Last week, if you bet favorites, thirteen and three against the spread. Wow, regression is coming because yep. it always happens. Mm-hmm. The sports books got fucking fisted last week, so just pursue with caution this week. But when it comes to a road favorite, I always tell people, yo, close your eyes, envision them playing that road game at home, and they're six-point favorites additionally. Are you taking them? And if the answer is no, it's that's telling you what you should do in that game. Right. With all that being said, I think the line is super sketchy for it to be that because it seems so obvious to me that Philly is the side, but I have to take the Eagles – yeah, in this spot because he's twenty-seven and two at home in his career. Mm-hmm. He's thirty and four in his last thirty-four games as a starter, and I'm getting the best team in the league as an underdog at home. I have to take that. I have to take it. And if San Fran goes out there and they win by two touchdowns, hopefully it's McCaffrey going one fifty for three because right. then we got that we got that bandwagon <laughs> fired up. Get that it's shit going. spinning, it's Daddy. It's we going. going. So that's how I'm approaching this week, man. Uh, okay. Oh, damn. I was going to hit you with the line's not going to close at plus three. What do you think it closes at? I think it'll close at San Fran minus two. Okay. Can I predict something wild here that I think? Yeah. I think it goes. I think it's going to be a pick em. Oh. I think it goes down to a pick em. I think there's going to be – this will be the most bet game of the NFL season so far because everybody like us, we're talking about you got to go fucking hammer it now, you know. I think the books will have to leverage it. This is the part of sports betting that I want to get better at, knowing like how much money are we really talking from the public to literally move the line in a favor so that the, the books can still win out. I think it goes down to a pick em. A lot of that is also subjective to how you think the line is going to move. That's why people, like when you hear professional sports bettors, they'll, they'll tell you, oh, my power ratings. This team is rated three points better than the other team on a neutral and all this shit, right? All that's telling you is that that's when they use the term, oh, there's value on that team because they have them as a seven-point favorite, but the book has them as a four-point favorite. Oh, you got to hammer that four-point favorite because we're getting three points of value. So that's what they mean by value when they talk about that. 
And I think for me, I mean, I I took Philly already plus three. Took him today before mm-hmm. I got here. So I ran a little late because I had to make sure the app. No, it's all know. good, dog. Dude, I'm in Nevada Wait. now. Stop asking me my location settings, bro. I'm here. Daddy's <laughs> here, right? Stop with this fucking, you got to search. And the moment I want to go and put a bet in just conveniently, it's checking my location settings. Like, fuck that. I'm, I'm, I'm here. All right, stop. <laughs> Fires me up, dude. I was back home for Thanksgiving. I go to live bet Arsenal. It's 0-0. Zero, zero. I'm watching the game with my dad. It's the 80th minute. They're dominating the whole second half. I go to open up FanDuel. Maintenance. The app's going under maintenance. I look up. Arsenal scores. I'm like, oh, how fucking convenient is that one? <laughs> like, what are we doing, bro? Stop asking me. I'm here. I'm in Nevada now. I'm not going anywhere for the foreseeable future. Stop asking me my settings. With that said, I bet the Eagles at plus three. Yeah. I'm going to take the money line. Um, I And I'm very confident that they're going to have the ball at the end and they're going to take it down and they're going to kick a field goal to win. Like it's going to, this is a game that I see going under too. Like I just think it's really the 49ers when, when I'm, when I ask you that question, like, why do you think the bookmakers put it here? I think that the book thinks that the 49ers defense is the best defense in the league Mm. with their additions and with what they've seen. I mean, how could you not? Hold on. So I got I got a good one for you when you want to break down the X's and O's and the actual matchup. I think Tafunga being out is big mm. against this this offense. 100%. And, yo, A.J. Brown was going crazy for a couple weeks, and he's been quiet. But I think this could be an A.J. Brown showcase game. Like, he scored a touchdown last week, but he had, like, four for a 30, I right. think. Um I think this could be a monster A.J. Brown game. And, of course, you got Slim Reaper on the other side. Dog. Devontae Smith. Like, dude, he's so fun to watch. He just looks like he's going to break every time he catches the ball. But he just looks so fluid in and out of his breaks. He looks smooth. And it it makes sense why he won the Heisman and he got picked where he got picked. And that dude's a fucking stud, bro. I have to look up the weather. Like, I and yo, the last thing, right? I know Brock Purdy went in there last year, but he didn't get to play the game. What's the weather like? Forecast? 55 and pouring, 70, 70% chance of pouring. So this back-to-back weeks where they have to play in the elements. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be nasty. Yeah, it's going to be a bar fight, bro. Fuck. It's going to be a bar fight. This is going to be fun to watch. And and I think if you're Philly, I think this is a monster game because then you still got to play Dallas, and you don't want to give anyone any hope of trying to take that number one seed from you. Mm. Because, bro, if they have to go into Philly – to get to the Super Bowl, you're not beating Philly in Philly. I agree. I so agree. if you're a Cowboys fan, if you're a Lions fan, you better have your San Francisco 49ers gear on this week because <laughs> you, you can't have that shit happen, bro. Cannot have that, that shit happen. That is so true. That is true. Who you got winning this game? I got the Eagles. I, I like. I was serious about the money line. I, I think I can catch them at probably the most favorable odds right now. I saw plus 130 at some places. Um it's crazy the way that, you know, after you watch it enough, you know, usually the three-point favorite, you may get, like, a plus 150. But, like, you can see that plus 130, and you're like, oh, they fucking know. Like, they, they're they're able to recoup their losses in those small margins, and that's what I'm trying to pay better attention at. So I'm going to try to take them today, and I say try to because— Let's get the three, bro. Let's take the plus three now. Do I? Yeah, take the plus three now. And Not if it money moves line? to three and a half— I think it's going to finish at a pick'em. So I mean, at yeah, that yeah. point, it's just 
you know, money line anyways. But yeah. I've been, oh, I've been hitting a lot of teasers. But I think I told you that too. Yeah, you like teasers, huh? Fucking love them. I, love I never them. got into teasers, bro. It's it's missionary betting. It is, yeah. It is such missionary it's, betting, Nick. It's, it's missionary betting. It's chest on chest to make sure that it's real and you're showing love to one another. It's it's <laughs> it's three. It's definitely you know what it is, right? Multiple condoms during intercourse. Oh, that is a hundred percent what a the teaser double is. rubbers. Yeah, the double rubbers. Yeah, those are those are yeah. And and I, I think also like uh, big money line favorites, money line favorites also like two condoms. Yeah, oh, like yeah. that's you know subathon, raw like Monday nights, baby. Ooh, raw. raw like Monday nights, and yeah, maybe a little little extra BDSM stuff on that one hey, right listen, there. That's, that's... why subathon coming back this week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hopefully we hit one. But Check yo, shout out to everyone listening. Uh, the November numbers on the downloads, uh, season high, year high, I should say, and we had a monster year um, with the downloads uh, on pace to break a record for Veterans Minimum. Man, I can't thank you guys enough. I can't thank you enough, too, man. Also, for uh, course, not only for the studio, uh, you being someone I can bounce off of. Oh, yeah, I've always is... wanted to have. I like having someone in person. Chemistry's dope. You're always there on time. You come prepared. I love doing the content with you. And I've texted you some stuff. I'm like, yo, bro, we're going to get the bag one day. Just uh, you got to trust me, follow my lead, and I promise you. Hey. We'll be uh we'll be doing some you know passing paisans you Fucking know what I'm saying like get some Tommy DeVito welcome to a long time of content <laughs> brother but yo shout out to everybody for real man I, and I've said this many times the best endorsement is the people that listen tag us tweet at us comment on the stuff we just passed ten thousand followers on Instagram and trying to get that shit to ten k for fucking years uh, and it seems like the last six months has been like the it's momentum just... that we needed so shout out to everybody man yes. at veterans minimum is where you can find all things vm at nick days is where you can find me once again shout out to george shout out to john orlando shout out to uh podcast junkies shout out to sticky paws for allowing us to come in here and record definitely means a lot i do love coming here i've told you this off the record too and now on the record bro I appreciate you nick i appreciate you more than uh words can explain brother man that's Oh. Where, where can people find you if they want to contact you? You can follow me at Mr. George Carmona on all social media platforms. You can find me on a lot of shows for the Podcast Junkies Network and even engineering shows here today. I do want to shout out our engineer, Miguel Fonseca, today. Uh, he did a phenomenal job. And uh, yeah, if you ever need to record a podcast in Las Vegas, Sticky Paws Studios. That's that. I'm a gold medalist. Bronze like your medalist. So many deer in headlights, but it's bedtime. Hear that supper bell, main course, beat of venison. Zab. Most dangerous game. Either kill or be killed.